Howdy, hey! Welcome to the Texans Take. All right. We're here with a wine that I picked, and it's not as abysmal as the last one that I picked. <laughs> uh, it's much better. You did a much better lie, job. not going to lie. That was some pretty sorry wine. It yeah. was uh, um, pretty bad for even, like, table wine quality. Yeah. You know, and table wine is like, don't even drink it. Use it for cooking. You know? But anyway... Um, I tried the next bottle of it too, and that wasn't very good either. Not really. About the same. So I'm I'm expecting the last bottle to be about the same. <laughs> I paid a lot for it, so heck with it. I'll drink the whole bottle in one sitting, if, you know, if I need to. But uh, just uh, have, I ain't gonna uh, pour it out. Yeah, I'll have some Zevia in here. That's actually what I did. I put some Zevia in the last one. It's pretty good, actually. You know, it's like it's like real cheer wine. Yeah. You know, actually adds cheer in your life. <laughs> Real true one. Real true one. So, anyway, well, what we got here is um, two vines. Uh, it's from Columbia Valley, and the type is called Syrah or Syrah or Syrah. Anyway, S Y R A H. You wine connoisseurs out there, I'm sure you know how to pronounce it. I don't. It's the first time I ever saw the word in my life. So, anyway, uh, what do you think? It's good. I, I enjoy I think it's a really tasty wine. I mean, is it the best wine I've ever had? No. Is it like decent it's very wine? dry. Yeah, it's very dry, yeah. And from what I've seen, I did actually like look it up before I bought it, but um, Syrahs are generally dry. Yeah, and it, it definitely hits the dry margin. Yeah. So let's uh let's Okay. So I would call it full-bodied. Yeah, definitely full-bodied. Um, and you can taste, uh, if you look up Syrahs, generally it'll say, you know, like sometimes they have extra tannins and stuff like that. You can taste that. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of not bitter, but almost, what's the word? Almost graininess in the wine. Yeah. You know, after you drink it, you know, you're like rubbing your tongue around a little bit. It's like, it's not grain, but there's... I don't know. It's uh, a thickness, almost kind of like if you were, well, like like flour. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you have flour mixed in water, if you were to, you know, you know, switch that around in your mouth, you know, it's going to leave that little bit of that little bit of uh, uh, eh, graininess is the only thing I can come up with in your mouth. And um, this kind of has that, and I like that. I think it's. I mean. Having a graininess with wine doesn't sound very good, but it, I think it's actually very pleasant. Yeah, it is, for sure. And those bolder, full-bodied wines are going to have that, um, especially if they've got extra tannins and stuff in there. Um, I, I generally call it meatiness. Yeah, so which is funny that you say it like that, because did you read the description? I did, but only at Ingalls. Yeah, so, I mean, That's it does say it has... Hints of white pepper, which I assume is where that thickness comes from. Well, I don't know about the thickness, but that feel that you're talking about. There's a um, you can actually taste not a spike, but a spice mm -hmm. in the wine. Yeah, because the on the back of their bottle it says it features a new world style of ripe, jammy fruit aromas. Mm -hmm. Flavors of black cherry and white pepper are pronounced on the palate with hints of boise berry and raspberry. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that is a very accurate description of what's in there and what I'm tasting. Yeah, for sure. It's very good. They, they actually, they did a good job. Cause like one of those, I forget which wine it was. No, it labeled like four things on there that you could not. Yeah, taste. it's like I'm I'm not picking up any of those. <laughs> it just tastes like there, wine man. to me. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. The designation two vines—that's what this is called—refers to our trellising method. And like all great wines, quality begins in the vineyard. These wines are elegant yet appreciable and complex without being complicated, mind you. My French accent needs a lot of work, mainly because I've actually listened to people from France I was about speak, to say because you're and they don't French. speak like that. They don't, yeah, no. <laughs> it's so funny, you know. You can put on a French accent; it's like "aha, we oui, wee, oui, da da," you know. But man, when you hear somebody who's actually from France talk, if they don't have that "ah ha 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 ha," I bet you there's parts of France that don't. Probably parts of France, but at yeah, least in the, Paris, in the Marseille area. I bet you go to Paris where it's a uh, lot more. Possibly. I bet you it is. Maybe. I don't know. But I've not met somebody from France who really talks like that. Usually, they just talk. Every word is unaccented, which is so weird and hard to... I mean, it's Unaccented. Like, unaccented, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would say, and you would say, and he would say, and she would say, and anybody in this world would say unaccented except for the french they would say unaccented <laughs> unaccented un accented they would say unaccented no uh no in no ah and from what i've heard um french people think that just the way that we talk normally uh, sounds barbarous, barbaric, um, and like uber hick, you know, yeah. just because, I mean, like when you think of somebody who's like got a real Southern drawl uh, or they're like, well, like uh, people from Black Mountain where, where I'm living, um, if they're, you can tell somebody who's from Black Mountain because they've got a very strong thick accent and boy i tell you what I, they you know some of them are just you can't even understand them just because you know oh man i'm just all like this you know what i'm saying bro it's just like whoa what, what just happened you know and <laughs> was that was that a language of its own sounded like english but no, it's I'm funny that concerned. you say like the accent thing so how do you say possum exactly the way you said it possum yeah right so i was i'm listening to this book See, right freshman now. would say yeah, so well, what's really funny, I, I, I've never, you know, because there's an O at the front of that, right? I thought there was two words, possum and opossum. Well, it, it's the same. No, no, there's, it's only one. Just a oh. lot of people write it without the O. Oh. It's it, it has an O on the front. Oh, okay. So, but I've always been told it's pronounced possum, right? So yeah. I was kind of mind blown. I was listening to this book and this scholar was, the guy that wrote the book is narrating it and he's a British fellow. Uh-oh. And... Every time he said it, it threw me off because I went to was an opossum. No, no, he said opossum. 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 And I was thinking he's talking about a possum. But no, he's not talking about a possum. He was talking about an opossum. <laughs> yeah. And I was going, 
Dude, you added have, something there that ain't well, there. No, at my point, I'm going, man, have I been saying this all wrong? Because technically it's their language. Yeah, I'm just true. adapting it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, have I been doing this all? Is it actually an opossum? I guess it actually is, actually. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, man, I have messed up all my life. You know. There's a uh, there's a really funny uh, YouTube. Um, oh, what, what was he called? It was... Uh, um, uh, Julian Smith, he did a YouTube channel years ago. I don't think that he's doing th anything anymore. But he was just kind of did some silly things. And one of the one of the little videos, uh, Julian Smith is sitting there talking, and then he starts hearing a voice that's his sub his subconscious speaking to him, and his subconscious is speaking to him in a British accent. And Julian asks his subconscious. So tell me, why are you speaking in a British accent? And his subconscious goes, because I'm smarter than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so good. Uh, like, okay, well, y'all do have Oxford, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, you win. But it, it's his own subconscious telling him this. It's like, why does my subconscious have a British accent? Because I'm smarter than you are. It's like, mm, oh, okay. It's like, sounds reasonable. <laughs> I guess that makes sense like what anyway um so this wine is very dry it is one of the drier ones we have not sure. the dry s i would give this a three i would too uh, i don't know i'd Maybe give it a four i'd a give four? it a four personally me i'd give it a four you split it you know split the difference with me yeah let's go let's go with three seven well that's not splitting the difference but i'll take it because you're right it is a little sweeter than that it's not the driest wine that we've ever had uh, it's very pleasantly dry. Are we, are we talking about sweetness or bitterness? Ah, uh, that was sweetness that we were just talking okay, about. Okay, just make sure. Yeah, bitterness is actually, it does have a bitterness. It's not much, though. I'd say it's about a two. I'd give it a, like a two five. Yeah. But yeah, something like that. But you're right. For some reason, when I first tried it, I thought it had a bitterness to it. But now that I taste it, it doesn't. Again, or for the tenth time, I'm just like, huh, maybe it doesn't have bitterness. I this like is it. a wine that I would feel incredibly comfortable handing to anybody and saying, here's some wine. That's a good, it, it's a good meaty, just You know, I mean, wine. like, this, this wine, it's not, I, I paid You're seven. not going to offend anybody's palate. I, exactly. I paid seven bucks for this wine, and I feel like I could give this to somebody who knew nothing about wine and somebody who knew, well, or, or somebody who's like, you know, wealthy and drinks wine all the time, and they would go, that's good. It's decent. Right. It's pleasant. It's kind of like... Something to keep in the wine rack. It's like taking somebody to your local, uh, your local restaurant, you know? It won't be the best in the world. It'll be good. It'll be different, um, but it's not like you're taking them to a, Ruth, a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or right. something, you know. Um, it's very presentable, you know. Uh, you, you, you put on a dress shirt and wore your nice jeans and your big belt buckle, but you didn't dress in a tuxedo or anything. Right. You know, you're very presentable. People look at that and go, hey, that's pretty good. Um, uh but it's certainly not formal or anything. But anyway, it's it's tasty. And I'm going to give this one a 5.5. Five. Or a 5.6. Or 5.6. Because actually a 5.6 is not bad. 
I would say just because it's not the best one on the planet, but it's a good, comfortable middle ground. Yeah, it's yeah somewhere yeah. where you can, like you said, you you can give it to anybody, and you're not going to offend anyone's palate. Yeah, ah, I'd give it about a five eight, like your average. I guess average woman now used to be average male was five eight. Oh, we've evolved. Now it's like five ten. The average woman is five eight, something like that. But it's good. It's pleasant. I like it. And you can definitely taste all the notes that they say there. It's not like you're not being flamboyant or anything. It's like that. What, what I'm tasting is what they're saying. It's there. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, well we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. And we're back. Oh, we are? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In case you didn't notice the numbers going up. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's going up pretty steady, too. Like a second at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works. It's predictable. Yep. You know what that is? 18, 19, 20 plus seconds that you'll never get back. But you can listen to them again, but that will take more time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's double the time, right? You could watch it again, but you already spent that second. Now you're spending another second watching. Yeah, you lived so, it and then you watch it. Yeah, so that's... yeah, uh, <laughs> just a terrible thing. Anyway, so in, in the absence, y'all y'all weren't a part of it, but we no. were talking about different accents. Yes, that we, can, that we can muster up accents and kickboxing. And... Yeah, we we, we hit we, we hit a range of topics not on air, which is really funny because I think a, a lot of uh, a lot of it actually would probably be funny to talk about on air. Yeah, actually. Truthfully, we should we should probably just start like live playing it so yeah, y'all can because yeah. we, we get some um, some very interesting behind the scenes uh, stuff <clears throat> which we'll we'll probably do do some more live videos so a lot of y'all can see the, the behind the scenes shenanigans. But yeah uh, I'd have to fix my mustache for that and I haven't currently so here eh, I would have to I mean like I'm Highly unkempt. I'm you're not... f- you're fine. You're fine. It looks good. Does it? Though? It does. I though. look like an old man on the mountain. You know. I, no. I, like no. it ages my face. No. No. It like doesn't. This. No. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. It, does. it looks good though. That fits you. It really does. I'm not. I'm not saying that for flattery. I'm saying it does fit you. I've had the full caveman beard. Trust me. I know. That's actually pretty trim. It looks good. I'll take your word for it, but. Come Sunday, it'll probably be back to just the beardy beard instead of the neck hair. And the... See, the neck hair never bothers me. Uh, neck hair bothers me. I don't really care. For <coughs> I know there's, there's, you know, people do it differently. I don't like the high cut. I like now, what the... I do like, what like really makes me upset, are the beards that go under the chin. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, for the people that can't grow anything right here. Yeah, it's like, dude, just give up. Don't I mean. Even... Don't even. <laughs> Anytime I've grown a beard, it's just I, I don't care. I just grow it out, and then you know when it when it gets to about here, I'll shape it up a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I hadn't grown a beard. I quit growing a beard because I have like this spot right here. Yeah. That's it's getting fairly gray. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I have, I have another spot over here, and it, it's they're not matching spots. There's like I got a patchy here and a patchy here. Yeah. You know, a, a gray, and. Um, yeah. Well, it's like I, I have it on my neck too. Uh, I hadn't shaved in a couple of days prior to, to the wedding and stuff. And like I, I walk down, I'm you know captain, wife beater, and shorts because you know what? It's my house. <laughs> you know. And so uh, <clears throat> I walk down, and mom's like, 
sitting in the kitchen, you know, all prim and proper. He looks over at me and goes, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Do you have gray on your chest? <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> well, I'll be darned. No, that's funny. Yes, but I isn't do. that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I just looked down. I'm like, I hadn't even had coffee yet. Just looking at my chest, like, huh, yes, hadn't noticed that. Before. I do. Wow. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, I can assure everyone, I'm not shaving that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to. I'm just gonna live with that. It's not enough to matter, but I just thought it was funny. Like pre coffee, I come down for coffee, and all your mom and all my mom. It wasn't good morning, love. How are you? It it's such a great day today. Great Would you like some coffee? It's like I get down the stairs. I'm on the floor from the stairs. Have not made the turn to the kitchen, and she's just like, "Huh? Is that gray on your chest?" Huh. Mom, it's too early. I love you too, Mom. <clears throat> I love can, you too. Can we talk about the gray in your hair next time? Ha! Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Never, never approach me with sarcasm prior to coffee because here, the thing is, coffee. You'll get what, sarcasm back. Yeah, see, after coffee. coffee. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's more unleashed prior to coffee Trust because me, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you know how I am prior to coffee. It's like no filters. See, after exist. the coffee, it's sarcasm comes back at you. But it's filtered. But it's filtered and it's almost caring sarcasm. Yeah, it's, it's a little, Before it's with coffee, a little more decorum. I don't give it's, a darn. Uh, I'm going to say it. Zero it's there. filters. <laughs> you know, think about like, um, like a rumbling engine. Ah, sounds good. Naturally aspirated. And then remove the muffler, the tailpipe, and all that stuff. And then listen to it. It's instead of <laughs> instead of like you know, you're like, it's like what happened? Anyway, but no, you're yeah. I, I'm totally unfiltered before coffee. So my mom, my mom, like was slightly appalled, but I'm just like, I haven't had coffee yet. Just just let me get a sip before you start in on me about my gray hairs. Okay, they're mine. Yeah, I have earned every one of them. I had okay, gray hairs on the side of my head when I was in college. Oh, Shay's had them since he was a. I mean, like know, I was like legit, like maybe eighteen or nineteen, and my sister sees it and goes, "Oh, oh, what is it?" And I'm like, "Sorry, what? Oh, oh, what in the world? Where did these come from, Cat, Captain?" Comes behind me, grabs him, pulls him. I'm just like, ah! I worked for those. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> those anyway. were mine, fair and square. Yeah. So, anyway, enough about gray hairs. The Bible actually says some things about gray hairs, but that's not what we're talking about today. <clears throat> we're talking about. Today, about we're, talking about <laughs> we're not talking about gray Solomon hairs. Solomon building the temple. <clears throat> so, let's go ahead and get started here. We're in chapter 6 of Foist Kings. And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel. So Solomon's been reigning four years. I think it just said that. I'm sure you all understood that. I just decided to say it again for whatever silly reason. And I lost my place. Way to go. In the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel... In the month of Ziv, <clears throat> be interesting if we named our months the way they named their months. The month of Ziv. The month of Ziv. 
which is the second month. So instead of January, February, March, it's January, Ziv, March. Uh, that he began to build the house of the Lord. So he's four years in before he builds God's temple. Now, the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, its length was 60 cubits, its width 20, its height 30 cubits. The vestibule in front of the sanctuary of the house was 20 cubits uh, long across the width of the house. And the width of the vestibule extended 10 <laughs> cubits from the front of the house. And he made for the house windows with beveled frames. Would you look up vestibule? It's not a word that we use very often, and I can't think of the best description <clears throat> of it. Okay, give it give it to me letter by letter. Vest, V-E-S-T, and then Ibule, I-B-U-L-E. Uh, sanctuary. And yeah, it means an antechamber hall lobby next to the outer door of a building. Okay. So a foyer. A foyer. A foyer, basically. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I guess in a normal church, we would call that the narthex. Or the foyer. They generally call it a narthex in a or church. The, Don't ask foyer. me why. Foyer is, yeah, that word works really good. So that's what I've always called them. I didn't know. Yeah, it's actually called a narthex, believe it or not. I'm uh, trying to, but it's hard. Yeah, look it up. Look at narthex. Just as exactly how it sounds. <laughs> N-A-R-T-H-E-X. Narthex. Narthex. Yeah. Narthex definition. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. It's an, it's an antechamber. A porch. <laughs> a distinct area at the western end of some Christian churches. Separated off by railing and used in... Catechumens? In catechumens? Catechumens? Let me see that. What word is that? Catechumens? Catechumens? Oh, I was hoping I'd look at the word and be like, oh, it's, but it's not coming. It's like, yeah, it's catechumens. Catechumens? Catechumens. Catechumens? Yeah, I know. See, that's. You're no help. I'm no help. You're literally doing what I'm doing. No better help than you. I know. Penitence, etc. I got the etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An antechamber of a large fortune modern church. There you yep. go. There you go. Now, <clears throat> now I'm going to look at the definition of a foyer because I want to do that just a little bit. Um, <laughs> generally, don't um, talk. That's the number no of knows. years that you have in a degree. A bachelor's An degree. entrance hall or open area in the building used by the public, especially in a hotel or theater. An entrance hall to a, in a house or an apartment. It's a type a of it's a type of bachelor degree. <clears throat> a foyer? Yeah. A foyer. <laughs> a four-year degree. <laughs> oh, I'm I walked into that I'm one. I'm so sorry. I am You know what's bad is I was like, oh yeah, four year Oh. Oh. Well oh. played, Stuart. Alright. Well, I'll get slapped later, I'm sure of it. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> now pretty good. I'm gonna use that at some point. Please do. Please do. My uh, my grandfather I would count it an honor. My grandfather, Robert Johnson Hoyland the third, would uh would be um he would be drinking to that. Oh well he would I have mean... en- he would have enjoyed that so thoroughly, I don't think he would ever live it down. He would probably use it every chance he got for the remainder of his life. I like this man. He was a, he was an excellent character. There was a 
It's like anything off the wall that you shouldn't say, he'd probably say it. He'd probably say it, yeah. It's just like, uh, you know, he would say things, mm-hmm. you know, like Christmas or, you know, Thanksgiving or something. And people would just be like, well, what do you want about, you know? My dad especially would like be sitting in the background like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was really good. I would never have said it. <laughs> never. Yeah, no, my dad. I'm so glad that you said it. <laughs> my dad was always like slightly appalled. But it's like there was two different Bob Hoylands. In fact, which is really funny because Dad has said numerous times that your dad reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially yeah. at like Brasilia Steakhouse. He was like yeah. sitting across from your dad, like, oh, this is this, this is just is like this is like living with Bob again. You know? yeah. But it, and it's like dad might be thinking something, but there's no way, no way dad was ever gonna say it. Um, just kinda and when when all the women would leave the room, Bob would be like now let me tell you. Right now. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just kind of come in close and just like, <laughs> and just walk off and it's just like, <laughs> you know, yes, your dad does that though. He like comes in and like say something and then he's like, yeah, walk off. well, dad will generally, dad will, dad will generally say it like in front of everybody. Yeah. And then mom is just like, you know, yeah, yeah. Gampos you know, would generally wait until you know who actually did most that? of the Clayton. women would leave the room, and then he would. Do, yeah, he does. Clayton will just slide by, <laughs> and like he'll hear something and be like, eh. "So he'll slide by, like whisper it only so that you can hear it, and nobody else." And walk <laughs> off, and just like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. That's that's the way my Gampos I was thinking was. it, but he I wasn't was... saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah. we, we all took lessons from that, and it's funny. I find myself doing it all the time. I, just because, uh, I don't know, a lot of my character and mannerisms come from both of my grandfathers, which is hilarious. Mm. But <clears throat> I definitely, I I tend to be a little more like my mom's my mom's dad, my grandpa's, because he was, yeah. I was around him a little bit more, but it was just like, personality-wise, I'm a lot, so it's just like, you know, there was a point where all my aunts were like, I can't talk to you. It's like talking to dad. I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, this conversation is over. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, back to what we were actually talking about. We got we got a couple minutes here. So Vestibule. Uh, Who is she? Uh, sure. Uh, the Vestibule and filling the sanctuary of the house and with the Vestibule extended 10 cubits to the front of the house. And made for the house windows with beveled frames. Ten cubits. What is that? Twenty feet. Oh. What's a cubit? What about two feet? That's uh, about and a foot, foot and, and a half. half. Yeah. About a foot and a half. So. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. Fifteen feet. Yeah. Against the wall of the temple, he built chambers all around. Against the walls of the temple, all around the sanctuary and the inner sanctuary. So walls everywhere. Thus, he made side chambers all around it. The lowest chamber was five cubits wide. The middle was six cubits wide, cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide. So this is kind of a numbers thing here. This is kind of like um, um, God's instructions to Moses. Moses? Yeah. Yeah, Moses. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. For he made narrow ledges around the outside of the temple, so that the support beams would not be fastened into the walls of the temple. And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry so that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. Interesting. Interesting. 
So <laughs> the temple was, was built with stone with stone fish. So basically, they they built um, anything that was stone that would have needed to be carved or chiseled. They did that at the quarry and then moved it there, so that it wouldn't make any sound in the temple while they were setting it up. The doorway for the middle story was on the right side of the, te of the temple. They went up by stairs to the middle story and from the middle to the third. So he built the temple and finished it. And he paneled the temple with beams and boards of cedar. And he built side chambers against the entire temple, five, uh, each five cubits high. They were attached to the temple with cedar beams. Then the, Lord, uh, the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, Concerning this temple which you're building... If you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David, and I will dwell among your children, among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So this is the same deal that he gives, you know, <laughs> to the children of Israel, David, Solomon, you know, everybody. Well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, you know, hey, if you keep my statutes, judgments, commandments, and walk in them and perform my word, then I will dwell among you. I will be with you. Um, generally, they don't do that, though. <laughs> Solomon, I believe, is an exception here. Uh, so Solomon built the temple and finished it, and he built the inside walls of the temple with cedar boards from the floor to the temple to the ceiling. He paneled the inside with wood, and he covered the floor of the temple with planks of cypress. Then he built the 20-cubit room at the rear of the temple from floor to ceiling with cedar boards. He built it inside <laughs> as the inner sanctuary, as the most holy place. And in front of it, the temple sanctuary was 40 cubits long. The inside of the temple was cedar, carved with ornamental buds and open flowers. Um, and all was cedar. There was no stone to be seen. And he prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, 20 cubits mm -hmm. high. He overlaid it with pure gold and overlaid the altar of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the inside of the temple with pure gold. He stretched gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. The whole temple he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the temple. Also, he overlaid the gold, the entire altar that was by the inner sanctuary. Uh, he overlaid with gold the entire altar that was in the inner sanctuary. So you can just imagine. Actually, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> and we're back. All right. So, wow. So the whole temple, the inside of the temple, the outside of the temple, everything in this temple is overlaid with gold what a sight to see that is pretty impressive um you can um there's a lot of places in the uh, i want to say in india 
um, a lot of their temples. And they used a lot of gold in their temples and stuff. And you can still see, like, domes and towers and stuff like that overlaid with gold. And it, it's very impressive. It is. It's very impressive. Very pretty. And you can just imagine how ornate everything is. You know, I mean, it'd be like sitting in this room right now and literally everything worth looking at is overlaid with gold. The walls, the ceiling, the doors, the handles, the chairs, all overlaid with gold. Wow. So that's not hateful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wonder if they got tired of looking at gold. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just gold. That's all it is, you know? <laughs> but, it's like that story of the guy who brings a suitcase of gold to heaven. It's like, oh, you brought pavement. Yeah, pavement. <laughs> That's nice. That's right. So, anyway, that's, um, that's kind of the imagery of the inside of the temple. In the imagery. The imagery, yes. Inside the inner sanctuary... He made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. One thing that I would, I think I would kind of like to know is the different kinds of woods that he used. That he well, uses. That would be cool. Like, know, why, why would he use this wood or that wood if there's any rhyme or reason to it or if it's just like... Does it say what woods he used? Generally, like chitin wood, uh, acacia, you know, like this one right here, uh, olive... This one over here was cedar, cypress. Cedar makes sense because of the longevity. Yeah, the longevity. And it's, uh, I want to say um, um, cedar and I think maybe even cypress are both. Because once upon a time, um, anti were made of cedar. Fungal or like. A, um, if you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was? Uh, originally, before tar became very well used, cedar was always used for shingles. Yeah. Well, it's, it's longevity. It's longevity, and also um, bugs don't attack it. No, they don't. But they don't really like the weather. smell. It can weather very yeah, well. Yeah. It doesn't rot very, very quick at all. Yep. It's uh, its ability to, to take the the elements the elements of nature is amazing. Yeah. Um. And so, anyway, it generally says what kind of woods he used. Like here, olive wood. I'm like, huh? I wonder. What's special about olive wood that he uses it for this or that or the other? Anyway, each 10 cubits high, one wing of the cherub was 5 cubits, and the other wing of the cherub 5 cubits, 10 cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other, and the other cherub was 10 cubits. Both cherubim were of the same size and shape. The height of one cherub was 10 cubits, and the other cherub, uh, and so is the other cherub. So cherubs, cherubim, cubits... Olive wood, wings, five, ten, stuff. Then he set the cherubim inside the inner room, and they stretched out the wings of the cherubim so that the wings of one touched one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall. And their wings touched each other in the middle of the room, and he overlaid the cherubim with gold. I think I knew that. <laughs> um, then he carved all the walls of the temple all around both inner and outer sanctuaries with carved figures of cherubim uh, palm trees and open flowers and the floor of the temple he overlaid with gold both the inner and the outer sanctuaries for the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood we go with the olive wood again the lintel and doorposts were one-fifth of the wall 
The two doors were of olive wood, and he carved on them figures of cherubim, palm trees, and other open flowers, and overlaid them with gold. And he spread gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So for the door of the sanctuary, he also made doorposts of olive wood, uh, one-fourth of the wall, and the two doors were of cypress wood. Two panels comprised one folding door, and two panels comprised <coughs> the other folding door. Uh, other folding door. Interesting. I wonder what a folding door, what their folding the door, door looks folds. like. No, really? I was wondering, <laughs> you know, it's just like, does it fold? I think it folds. Or does it fold? Yeah, it folds. Or is it like a two-fold door? It could, it could be. Okay. They can both fold. Yeah. Is it like a closet door? That like you open it from one side and it like that doesn't really fold. It does too fold. No, closet door does. No, not that one. Not that one. But like a closet. You know what I'm talking about? That one. Well, like it it was the hinges in the middle and not and only on one side of the wall. Right. So it bifolds. Folds. They're they're called bifolds or trifolds. Do they? Yeah. Well, that would be if if it had two or three folds in it. Right. Like that one only has two doors, so it's only gonna fold once. Right. <laughs> See what I'm saying? A folding door. Yeah. 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 It's a door that folds. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh. Wow. Really good tangents. Lost my lost my place there. Uh, folding door. We're having a lot of those tonight. And two panels comprise the other folding door. More than one folding door. So there's two folding doors. Yes. And then he carved it's cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers on them and overlaid them with gold applied evenly on the carved work. These guys can come build my house any day. <laughs> I know, right? Complete with gold. Gold, yeah. Bring your own gold. Yeah, you look like a, you like look like some drug kingpin. Yeah, I was about like to say. That. It's like, I, I want gold Yeah, like, I want gold. I want gold trimming everything. Yeah, see that car? I want it gold. You know um, what that light switch? It's made gold. Like it, gold me, gold me. Um, it's funny. I found a company that actually will dip your cell phone in gold. Yeah. For about you know three grand. <laughs> the gold that ends up on your cell phone is probably not even worth three grand. I know three grand. Grand, yeah, grand. grand. You missed an R. <laughs> missed an R. I don't Drop know. Drop the it. R. Carry the D. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's see. And he built the inner court with three rows of hewn stone and a row of cedar beams. In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv. And in the eleventh year, the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished. So what is Ziv? All its detail. What month no, is Ziv? No, well, hold on. It said that was the eighth month. So, uh, so month of Ziv, month? month of Ziv was, um, remember, uh, the second month. So our February. Yes. And the eleventh. Okay, and the month of Bull, which would is the eighth the, month, which is this month. Yes, yeah. August. So the house was finished in all its details and according to all its plans. So he was seven years in building it. Ah, the year of completion. That magical number seven. The year of jubilee. So. That's what they call it every seven years. The year yeah, of jubilee. Yeah, yeah. Which I want to say, interestingly enough, is only mentioned like once or twice in the Bible. Yeah, it's very interesting. There's not actually that much known about when, it. Uh, when Ford... 
back in the day. In the day, son. Every seven years, Ford, uh, now Ford built tractors every year, but every seven years they only built one tractor, one model of model, tractor, yeah. which was different than all the other years. It was, Jubilee it was year. the year of Jubilee, and it was called the Jubilee Tractor. Nice. It was generally a dressed up, anybody that, you can look it up, anybody that knows uh, anything about Ford tractors, their most popular model was an 8M. Uh, their second most popular was a 9M. They would flip-flop between those two. What's the but, inch? That was just their modeling code. Okay. Um, like, you're, uh, all, they had two model codes for, like, cars, which mm -hmm. was A and T. Okay. Know, model T or Model A. Yeah. The model code for the tractor was an M. So, yeah. those are okay. all their tractors were M's. 8M, 9M. Uh, so, the 8M and 9M, they essentially, you would have a redressing every seven years. And they would only make a, a Jubilee tractor. Uh, it was usually very glorious looking. It was usually had extra features. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are not familiar with the Texas dialect or accent, when he says the letter in, he is specifically referring to the, uh, the letter N. <laughs> it's an N. It's right? an N. It's funny because I heard I N N, but I, for some reason I turned off my Texas accent for a second. And so when you're saying it's an N, I heard like an eight I N, a nine I N, like you know inches or going in a door. Now but that's why you said that. That's I why I like, said that. Yeah, and I could tell that you were confused. Like uh, Stuart, what, what are you doing? What are you saying, man? It's just the model there? code, like a, yeah. And that's, that's why I was saying like a T or an A. Yeah, yeah, a T or an A. And that's where my brain was like, T-A-N-O. <laughs> yeah, sorry, son. You uh, done messed up, A.A. Ron. I done messed up. Yeah, I, that actually happens to me a lot. Um, I uh, used to date a girl from Palestine, Texas. And oh, my, she had a thick accent. My goodness, she did have a thick accent. And there were so many times I almost got in trouble or did get in trouble for just misunderstanding her, you know, because it's not a field. It's a it's field. A field. <laughs> like I, just, I just filled a bucket with water. It's a field, you know, and it's not out a, there. They say wash too. They don't say wash. They say wash. Well, they had an, they had an yeah, air in I guess there. She did actually. They always do. She didn't, do. She didn't you, say wash. You wash your clothes. Wash. Yeah. You wash, wash. your clothes. Yeah. Um, my grandfather did that. We never realized how hick my grandfather sounded. <laughs> like we really didn't, because I and that's I actually I sound a lot like him on on you know when I'm actually talking. I record something, which is I have to be really careful. Yeah, and I I kind of speak. I have a I have a professional accent mm -hmm. that I I kind of delete every bit of Texan. Yeah, but we have a recording, and well, sadly we yeah. don't still have it. Yeah. But it used to be, I actually re recorded it and turned it into mom's ringtone yeah. for her dad. Uh, but, which it hardly ever got called because the man had a cell phone and the only time he ever used it was when he turned it on to make a phone call. And then turned it back <laughs> off. And, you waste the batteries on that side. Exactly. Ain't no need in it. You know, what if we need to get a hold of you? Well, you That's know I went to town. Here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that helps. Okay, well, so anyway. But he called our house one time. This was back when 
you know, <laughs> the kids of today will never know answering mm. machines, rotary phones. It's so sad. But anyway, so we had this answering machine, and we came home and checked the answer. I bet you we played it 150 times. It was hilarious. And it started with, Lisa, it's your daddy. Got on my back. And we're all going, dude, what? Does he actually sound like that in real life? And then every time we heard him talk, it was like, oh, my gosh, you do sound like a hick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, hit your daddy. Hit Got your daddy. It sounds like he's saying hit your daddy. I know. Hit your daddy. Calm your back. You know? yeah. <laughs> We're just like, son. What happened here? But yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, you didn't make a good deal. You made a good deal. Made a good... My grandmother, oh my, it used to drive my dad nuts. Because, like, my grandmother, and my dad kind of hated it because we were always around her, and he just did not want. It was like his ultimate fear that we would start saying that. And I did it one time, and I, I had to quit. I had to tell myself, you don't, you don't do that. I don't say that because dad got on to me one time. He's like, stop that. <laughs> what was he saying? She did not say idea. Oh, ID. She had an ID. An ID, yeah. Yeah. Delray, I got an ID for you. Yeah. It's like, well, I got an ID for you. <laughs> Maybe finish the word, like, huh? You even have an ID? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, she always said it was ID. Yeah. And it wasn't Jem. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that got Jim. me confused once because she was talking about a girl dog whose name was Jim. And I was like, <laughs> pardon me, but Jim is a guy's name. Like, you Would know. Can you spell that for me? And I was like, you know, you, you go down the road and uh, you need to go to see your mechanic and you're going to go see Jim. Maybe if you're going to work out, you're going to go work out in the gym, you know. But a girl dog is not called Jim. Maybe Jane. But I was just sitting there like trying to figure out what in the world. is like, Who's, her name is Jim? I mean, what kind of name is that for a girl dog? She was looking at me funny, just kind of like, you know, well, you're crazy. And it's a normal name. Lots of dogs are named that. I was like, female dogs? She's like, yeah. It's like, dang, okay, weird. And then I was like, Jim. I said, could you spell that for me? And she goes, Jim. J-E-M. Jim. Or G-E-M. Like, yeah, yeah, G-E-M. I was like, oh, Jim. You're saying Jim. And she was like, yeah, Jim. <laughs> oh, so confused. I thought we were talking about Jimmy. And she, she <laughs> wants, she wants uh, described somebody as being quick to bowl and i was like oh my gosh what in the world is she talking about like bs like he's quick to bs you know <laughs> i mean like what in the world you know um it's like man i didn't think he was like you know i mean like you know maybe somebody just like you know uh smack talking or something i don't know but it's like that that doesn't make sense quick to bowl what in the world does that mean i've never heard that statement before she's like yeah quick to bowl quick to bowl and i was like yeah yeah quick to bowl okay uh, how, use it in a sentence. I was like, I've never, I've never heard this, 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 this saying before. What does that even mean? And she was like, bowl. You know, like bowl and water. It's like bowl and water. Oh, boiling. 
boiling water. Oh. <laughs> Quick to boil. Oh. Girl. It was just so funny because she was like, like, bowl and water. And my brain went, bowl and water. I know. <laughs> okay, you put the water, water in the bowl? No, you bowl the water? Wait a minute. Oh. Quick to boil. Oh. Anyway. Quick to bowl. I thought that was funny. I was like, what in the world does that mean? Quick to bowl. Anyway, well, enough of that. So now y'all know more about this temple that Solomon's building for God. Lots of gold and lots of different kind of woods. And uh, didn't want to make noise inside the temple for whatever reason. Probably to keep it sacred. Um, but uh, like the, the chipping and the chiseling, they did that at the quarry, not inside the temple. Don't know exactly right. why. Didn't necessarily say, but there you go. So uh, we're going to head and take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. I started this right as I need to sneeze. That was awesome. Go for it. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. All right, I think I stopped it. Oh, there you go. Well, you're pre-blessed. Don't spend it all at once. <laughs> they come in in threes. It's it's tried. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, good sneeze. All right. So uh, this chapter six I don't here. Have good sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon builds a temple. So the takeaway from this one. Uh, it doesn't, it really, it just tells about the majesty of God, really. Um, and the, the craftsmanship, um, that Solomon put into it. Now, God did not come to Solomon as far as we know and tell him exactly how to build his temple. God has done this for, um, Noah. He told Noah how to tell, how to build the ark. He did it for, um, Moses. Man, Moses got an earful. Man, it was like it was like a, you know, a, a full year of of college. You know, just like sit down with a piece of paper and a notebook, and you know, take notes and just like you know, I'm gonna tell you stuff, and you're gonna hopefully remember it. Ah, God gives him, you know, people back earlier. I believe they had better memories than we do now, and I think. It's because we're often, we're just so distracted by a lot of the modern technology. We don't need to remember. Man, ask me to remember a phone number and it'll be gone in no time. Just even ask me to remember a name. I'll forget it really quick. But, you know, 100, 200 years ago, you know, uh, people just remembered things. You know, they didn't have devices and maybe they even couldn't write or read, you know. And so they just had to remember things. Um, and, uh, so anyway, that being said, I think God probably helped Moses out and just like, you know, blessed him with the ability to be able to remember everything that God told him. Um, but, um, I mean, I can see Moses probably on his hands and knees just like praying, God, please, what did you tell me about, you know, uh, this or that? What did you tell me about the uh, the cloak that the priest should wear? Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Help me remember. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, um, 
so previously God has told people how to make this, that, and the other. We don't see that here. We just see um, Solomon building God's temple. All God really says is, um, so uh, Solomon, about this temple that you're building for me, uh, if you follow my statutes, my commandments, my laws, and walk with me, then I will bless you and your people. All right. That's what God says. Um, and up till now, Solomon seems to be doing a pretty good job of that. And Solomon is different because in his lifetime, as far as I know, there's not too many places where you can say God is really angry at Solomon here. God is really angry at Solomon here. Generally, Solomon had a pretty, pretty, you know, straightforward, you know, following God lifestyle. Um, there is lots of evidence that <clears throat> he did things that were unwise, despite the fact that he was so wise. Um, uh, you know, the, the number of wives and concubines that he had uh, from different, you know, it was kind of a wise move, honestly, because, you know, one thing that Solomon would do, and I think we saw this earlier, I forget how far back, but he takes the wife of some some daughter of some king somewhere else and that's not a bad move just because if you if your wife is the daughter of a king to this country over here that could potentially attack you you know how likely are they going to be to you know send an army yeah remember that guy that my daughter married that king over there yeah go send an army to kill him probably not probably like you know what it's her husband. Let's give him, let's cut him a good deal, right? You know, let's generally try to be nice to them because if anything happens, I don't want my daughter to get hurt, right? You know, uh, technically he's family, right? So um, uh, Solomon did a lot of that. And, you know, we have so many wives, you know. Uh, <laughs> I guess that people will be pretty... Uh, they won't war as much with you just because if they go to fight you, your wife is one of their daughters. And it's just like, ah, maybe, maybe we'll be peaceful with them and cut him a good deal. Um, the only issue that there is with that is, you know, these wives that he's taking are not necessarily God's people. Mm -hmm. And so when God actually warns, in scripture about marrying foreign wives or foreign women just because uh it can potentially corrupt your own faith and your own family um and it's it's the whole deal with you know uh god cautions against marrying somebody who's not a christian saying you should not be unequally yoked mm -hmm. um and i'm not sure if it's so much of a caution as a command they might actually right. be a command. Um, I can't quote the scripture exactly, so I'm not going to go find it here pretty quick. Um, but anyway, it's the idea of not being equally yoked. You know, if you're unequally yoked, then yeah, a it's a whole a you'll have an issue, a lot of problems, just like Briggs said, a lot of problems. Yeah, um, you're gonna and, and potential of, problems. Yeah, so the unequally yoked is referring to specifically people who are not Christian. But yeah. 
when you open up, you know, uh, foreign wives and other, that, that adds cultural difficulties as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, likely you're going to come from different cultures, do things differently, and that's a lot of additional strife. And what happens with Solomon, well, maybe not with Solomon, but with a lot of the other kings here. No, it does. Anytime that you take foreign wives, what do they generally bring? What have they always done, brought with them in the Bible? They've brought their gods with them. No, if you, yeah, Solomon was one of the worst. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was the worst. Yeah. About, you know, because... And and that's that's the fault, you know. It's 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 always interested me that you know Solomon, being the wisest man on earth, uh, and ever will be, you know, was foolish in this area in which he took many foreign wives. And what did the many foreign wives ask him to do? Build me a temple to my God. Oh, sure, honey, I'll do that for you. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, you know, yes, Solomon built a temple to his God, but he also built temples to all these other gods for yeah. his foreign wives. Yeah. That caused Solomon and Israel a great... And we'll see that going on further. Yeah, but... we'll find that. You're right. I had forgotten about that. Um, and it ended up being those are probably a fall of Those Solomon. are probably areas where God was genuinely, legitimately displeased with Solomon. Yeah, no, because it, it did. It was it was really the, the fail and fall of Solomon was his, um, you know, bringing these other wives and building these temples. I mean, God God was not happy with him. Yeah. You know, this, this brought, I, I think the way you said it was best, it brought great displeasure. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's one of the reasons that God's got a pretty strong um uh article yeah yeah uh, dislike of foreign wives because if they marry i mean if they have different gods than you they will generally bring them with them and for a modern and day will obviously taint your relationship with God. right right and so for a modern day christian i feel like that's not necessarily so much of an issue just because there's a lot of foreign women who have come to your country or actually the word of God is spread throughout the globe now. And, um, you know, they would, you know, there's Christian women all over the globe. Um, and so that might not necessarily be an issue. Um, but there's a lot of cultural issues and difficulties that can come up in marriage. And that's not something that I really think that we're going to talk about here today. Um, but anyway, that's what Solomon did. He married a lot of foreign wives and brought a lot of foreign gods to his country, to his area. But, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's chapter six, y'all. And, uh, gold, lots of different wood, cherubims, palm trees, flowers, uh, big temple, wow, and, uh, cherubim. There you go. We'll leave you with that. Um, Adios. So, uh, adios.